0: Here we go. How do I sound?
1: Well, you sound pretty good this morning. You sound like you might have some frustration and some anger and and I wonder how you're going to tolerate that.
0: My goodness, you can tell all of that from me saying how do I sound?
1: I think I'm projecting. <laughs>
0: You're a genius, an emotional genius.
1: Yeah, I'm an emotional magician. I make my feelings disappear. I can make people's thoughts disappear. I'd make a lot of... this. There's a lot of disappearing going on. But oh, I, I'm I,
0: good at disappearing, too. I'll disappear yeah, right there with you. Yeah. That's right.
1: But I would say that, you know, something that goes on in the culture, and we're going to talk about this today. By the way, in case you're wondering what you're listening to, you're actually listening to Rini Jane and Ed Krasnick, and we are the co-hosts of Dear Anxiety. Dear Anxiety is a show every week we talk about mental health we talk about emotional fitness we talk about our relationship to our thoughts and feelings when you think about it really what else is there people are walking around and they're carrying around a lot of stuff we try to unpack the stuff and we try to talk about things you know we give you interventions and tools things that can help you with your kids things that can help you personally and we do some role play. We try to not only talk about mental health and well-being, we try to actually demonstrate tools and exercises that you can use in the moment, things that can help you live, live well, live happier, live healthier, and that you can use to help your kids. So that's what we're going to do. That's what the show is, if you haven't heard it before. And if you have, welcome back. And I'm lucky to have a partner who is fantastic, who actually has done a lot of research, has a company called GoZen, which helps people, teaches resilience skills, anxiety relief, all kinds of, of life skills through animation and creative play. Very interesting, very creative person. And a mom, and also studied applied positive psychology at the University of Pennsylvania with the father of applied positive psychology, Marty Seligman. She's here. She is the high priestess of tolerating frustration. And she will tell you about how she does that. Rini, really welcome aboard.
0: <laughs> Thank you. This is the only place where I get called queen. I'm not gonna lie. I <laughs> yeah. like it. I like yeah. it a lot. Queen of tolerating frustration. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. It's I love a big,
1: it. it. It's a big title. Now now you frustration in your life, you have two young children What is? Oh, I
0: never get frustrated. Right, you know it never happens to
1: you. You tolerate it well. This term, tolerating, what what does that actually mean to you?
0: Yeah, you know what? That's such a good question. It's sort of like when people say managing anger, right? Tolerating frustration. It to me, it sounds like you should just stuff it down and pretend it's not there, right? So we're doing some magic here, where we're just pretending like everything goes away. I think tolerating really should be navigating. Navigating frustration. Because right. you shouldn't just tolerate it, right? You right. can actually be used to your advantage, like every single emotion that we have. So there's frustration in my life for sure. And I have worked very hard on my navigation of frustration because how I used to deal with it when I was growing up, I just basically pretended like it didn't exist. That was my go to for everything. Pretend like it's not there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Have
0: you ever done that, Ed? Never. Never. Yeah,
1: No, I do it. I do it every. It, the, the, the question with all this stuff is like, when don't I do it? Because I do it so often. And I do it, I think when people are on automatic pilot, when they're just going, it's very hard to make choices about your mental health. And so that's why I that's my positioning with with all of this. And then there's also a feeling like you have to stop and sit in an ashram. In order to face these kinds of issues, and oh, really, yes. really, you, you don't. Have
0: to, yeah, you have to sit in, you know with perfect posture, and yeah. crisscross applesauce, and you have to do some deep breathing for the entire day. Do not yeah. talk to me unless you've done that for eight hours. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's the. Well, that isn't that what goes on in your head, though. Isn't that what you think? You think like, well, this is going to take too long, so I'll just continue to do what I'm doing.
0: I mean, who can do that? Nobody in nobody can do that unless you really are kind of extracting yourself out of the modern world and going to live in a forest, which I think is amazing and awesome. But most of us are not. And I'm guessing that the people who are listening to this podcast are not sitting in a forest right now. So let's talk about how we tolerate frustration in the real world and how we help our kids with it. But before we do that, can we please just take a moment to savor how awesome ed is oh, ed boy. does this introduction every single time and i feel like i feel so good when he's saying all these things and i never get to tell you guys how much i love ed because what you hear here under your anxiety before we hit record that's just how ed is he's funny of course but he's also loving, he's giving, and he's an incredible listener. So thank you for being my partner in this well, endeavor.
1: Well, Renee, I you know I feel the same way about you. I'm gonna I'm gonna start crying and then it's gonna be very interesting to tolerate frustration while I'm crying. But I I you know, listen, I appreciate you so much and I, I appreciate the work you do. I think it's you know, what's incredible about you is that you a lot of people talk about these issues you're actually, not only are you doing something about them and making a difference in people's lives, you're doing it creatively. And that is something that I just marvel at because you're actually, you really are doing it. The thing that you know about, about Rini is people have a lot of ideas. She actually does them. (laughs) She actually does them and completes them. And so I really admire that about you. And also you're very, you're funny. You know, you are really funny. And, you know, if you've met a lot of people in in mental health or well-being, not the funniest people of all time, but important to be funny and to have a sense of humor about yourself while you're doing this is is everything. I mean, it makes it relatable to to everybody. So you have a lot of skill, but you're you're a full human being. And that is there's nothing more powerful than that, that combination. And that's what I love about working with you.
0: Now I'm going to cry. Okay. Goodbye, everybody. Yeah, that's it. We're crying. And that's it. We cannot record anymore, Mm, (laughs) which is very frustrating. Very frustrating. brings us back to our topics. Love the way
1: you brought it around.
0: (laughs) Like how I circled back. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's talk about this, right? Because this is obviously a big deal. And what I wanted to say is that, you know, frustration isn't bad. I know that sounds so cuckoo. What do you mean frustration isn't bad? My kid is frustrated all the time and they don't know how to deal with it. So, you know, I have never seen anything progress or have ever met another entrepreneur or have ever seen anyone who is quote unquote successful who has not had to navigate frustration. Struggle and frustration is just a predictable part of the learning process, and it's something we teach to our kids or we can teach to our kids from a really young age. So let's get some myths out of the way.
1: Love busting the myths. Busting myths about frustration.
0: Yes. Do you feel like frustration is bad? When you feel frustrated what is your reaction to that?
1: My reaction is that there's something wrong and usually that it's something that I can't overcome.
0: Yes. Okay, so those two things. And I think that is very common that an alarm system goes off, right? And what in Buddhist philosophy they call the two arrows so the first arrow is the thing that's actually gone wrong the event in your life and the second arrow is the suffering because what is what has gone wrong so let us not suffer the fact that we are feeling frustrated because every single emotion is communication. And when I'm saying we, you know, and and there are parents listening, there are educators listening, there are kids listening. I'm talking about all humans, right? Everything that we talk about in Dear Anxiety applies to all humans. So frustration is sending a message to us, right? That there's a struggle going on within us and it's probably going to lead to growth. So it's not a bad thing, right? It is not bad. It's the same way that anger has been demonized. Anger is not a bad emotion. It is not bad to feel angry. It's normal and it's healthy. It's the way in which we react and respond to these feelings that can be unhealthy, right? When we get aggressive, for example. So if our kids are frustrated because they didn't. You know, score in the baseball game or they didn't do well on the test or they don't think they're able to do something right that other kids are able to do or they can't go to the party because it's making them uncomfortable and that is frustrating them. It's not the frustration, which is the bad guy. It feels like it is.
1: Yeah, it feels like frustration is the problem.
0: It feels like frustration's the problem because we're seeing manifestations that are the problem, like the meltdowns and the screaming and the aggressive behavior, things like that, or the the withdrawal. So sometimes we don't see aggression. Sometimes we see withdrawal. But let's all get on the same page. It's not the emotion that's the bad guy. So frustration isn't bad. Anger isn't bad. Right. And let's talk about some other myths. So I don't know if you've ever heard this before. Sometimes when kids are angry and frustrated, people say that they should punch a pillow. Yes. You know, yeah. Yes. Hit something to get it out. Yes. However, I do believe that when we program that kind of aggressive behavior, it really is reinforcing the aggression as opposed to giving us that idea that when we're feeling this frustration, that we can navigate it in a way that is more calm, right? So if our go-to is, oh, you're frustrated, go beat up a pillow, right? Eventually we learn I'm frustrated and so I should have some aggressive behavior. I don't feel that it's therapeutic at all. Now, I know that some people disagree, but I feel like it's a myth and there's definitely some research to support that. Hmm.
1: That's interesting. I haven't heard that before. And I'm, I'm punching a pillow while I'm talking to you. <laughs> but, but no, but no, but, but this is interesting. So, so, and maybe we'll do this in our role play, but let's say that you, let's say you're a parent and you have a, you, you have a kid and your child starts getting frustrated and says, I hate my life. I hate myself and I hate my life. What do you do? What do you do? I hate it's myself. Hot. I hate my life. But I'm, I'm saying it calmly. Yeah. And, you know, you have a child that maybe they're being physical. Maybe they're hitting their head. Maybe they're banging their head against the wall. What do you do?
0: Yeah. I think that we should maybe talk about that in our role play. But I think since you're bringing it up, let's talk about this. When our kids are displaying behavior, we don't want to be the behavior police, we don't want to just treat the fever. We want to know what's causing the fever, right? We want to know what's underneath. So I'm always saying, think about it like an iceberg or even draw an iceberg and then draw the line of the ocean. So draw draw an upside down you. All right, let's make it simple. Draw an upside down you, draw a line across underneath. What you see on the tip, the behavior, those are the symptoms, And we're not going to do anything if we are just being behavior police or we're just trying to modify the behavior. Right. So we don't want our kids to throw. Obviously, we don't want them to be aggressive. We don't want them to hit. We don't want them to bite because we want them to be able to. And I'm doing air quotes. You guys can't see me to tolerate frustration. But really, we need to dive into that chilly water and we need to see what's going on underneath. We need to see the root of what's causing it. So we become detectives as parents asking why asking why. When is my child being challenging and why? And I don't think we do that. I think we get very, very caught up on the tip of the iceberg. So that is just like a little bit, a little preview of sort of what's to come, I think, when we do the role play. But I wanted to answer your question since you asked. Well, well, it's, a you
1: know, and, and I think it's a byproduct of a life where generally people don't have lives where they say, What's going on with me? What am I feeling? What am I thinking? Can I take a second and just decompress? Or can I take a second and just, you know, how do I wanna take care of myself right now? What I've just said, how many times a day do you do that with yourself? Ever? Most people don't. And so by the time we get to dealing with some a child's frustration, we've got all this stuff in us. <laughs> and and it's unexplored stuff. And so this is why it's really hard for parents when they have kids to say, oh, my son or daughter is has a certain behavior. Let me look into it. Because we don't look into our own behavior. So how are we going to do it for them? How would we do it for them? The answer is not well, usually.
0: Right. If we're not actually diving into the waters of our own iceberg and figuring out what's going on and why we're responding the way that we are, then how are we going to help them with that? But that's what the show is all about, right? Not getting it perfect, but making some progress. So let's talk about what's causing all of this frustration, intolerance, right? What's causing the frustration and then the inability to tolerate the frustration. Okay. Okay. So one of the things that's really causing the frustration, I feel like with our kids and with us, is this idea that we have in our head about where we are right now. Ed, think about where you are right now, maybe in your life, maybe in your career, or maybe, you know, in your marriage, and this is for everybody who's listening, maybe with the, maybe the size of the house that you have, maybe maybe in the skill set that you have at a particular thing that you're doing at work. Think about where you are, and then think about a goal that you have. Think about where you want to be, right? Where you think you should be. There's a gap. Yeah. When you have a goal, there is a gap. There's an intentional gap because you're trying to progress and get better. Well, this gap for kids and for many grownups is causing extreme frustration because a child comes in and they want to be able to do fractions, right? That's their goal. That's where they think they should be. But where they are is somewhere not there. And this gap between where they are and where they think they should be is creating frustration. And then the frustration is creating panic, not only in the child, but also in the grown up. So the way that it should be, and I I hate to say should, but I can't think of a better word, is that we are at a particular place, right? We're all in a work in progress. We're at this particular place and we are a work in progress and we have a goal. And that goal inspires us. And we work in baby steps to get there. And through those baby steps, we experience frustration. And that frustration, that struggle is a learning process that becomes very normalized for us. And it doesn't scare us. The problem is, is that we become so disconnected from our feelings and so frightened of what they're doing in our body when we become frustrated that we think something is wrong. So where is the frustration intolerance, the inability to tolerate frustration coming from? It's from fear of being frustrated. Like that's wrong. But frustration is learning. Frustration is part of the learning process. And so this disconnection from feelings is big. Perfectionism, this idea that we should be somewhere where we're not, right? That gap is big. And then I really think, even though I know everybody listening here and this incredible community that we're creating, I know that you guys give your kids and your students unconditional love. But I feel like some of the message or the messaging that's being sent to our kids is you're worthy if, if you get good grades, if you're successful, if you work to your highest potential. Yes. If you tolerate your frustration, if you learn how to deal with your worry. So there is some unconscious conditionality. I feel like that kids are receiving, right? The message, I will love you if. Yes. Right. And that's Creating a whole world of worry inside of them. So I think that we have some things to look at, right? We have some things to work on. And I and I don't want to neglect Dr. Ross Green that talks about lagging skills. He talks about the fact that tolerating frustration is a skill and that behaviorally challenging kids are challenging because they don't have the skills to not be challenging. They don't actually have the skills to go out on the baseball field and strike out and then not melt down, right. which is that inability to tolerate the frustration. So they're lacking that skill right now. And I think when we look at it as a lacking skill or a lagging skill, as opposed to, oh my goodness, I'm going to pull my hair out because this child just can't tolerate any disappointment When we change the way that we look at our kids, then it makes it much easier to kind of work on the issue.
1: Mm, Great point. And so in practice, and of course, all of this in practice, you know, what are some things that we can do to practice? And again, what are some things that we can do in our lives that are not crisis, like we're not doing you know, often we say on the show, this is something that you do at another time. It's not something that you do when your kid is screaming. It's really, there are are different kinds of interventions. There are things that you can do then. But also, how do we just practice this? How do we practice this whole thing of feeling frustrated, you know, accepting, teaching people to accept where they are and that it's okay to be where they are? Yeah, I think that that?
0: self-awareness can be taught from a really young age to kids, right? Even in the moment, even in the heat of the meltdown, even if you have never done any work with them before. Something that you said earlier really hit me, which is I feel like I can't deal with it, right? You said something to that effect. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I think that kids feel that too. If they're able to articulate it or not, I think they feel like, oh, my goodness, I'm overwhelmed because the demands being put on me right now are much more than the resources I have to deal with it. So what we can teach them to do are makes create simple sentences for themselves. When you're in the heat of the moment, it's very hard to remember anything in your thinking brain. It's just really hard to access that. So the simplest sentence possible is I feel blank. So I feel angry. I feel frustrated. I feel X, Y, and Z. And I can blank. I can drink a glass of water. I can count to 10. I can use a glitter jar. I can insert coping skill. From a very, very young age, kids can learn to do this. They can do it verbally. They can do it in writing. If they're really little, they can do it with visuals you can create visuals for them and don't make the goal to teach them this in the moment of you know of the first meltdown that they're having but make it the goal for them to at least do it a little bit afterwards i felt frustrated when you said i couldn't have a second piece of cake or i felt frustrated and i can calm myself down by doing this everybody needs to know one what they're feeling right? Because that makes it less scary. And two, that they can do something about it.
1: That's fantastic. So it's just, it's just, I feel and I can.
0: I feel and I can. We can get more sophisticated when we have some more practice. So it can go to I feel blank. So I feel, give me a word, Ed. Angry. I feel angry when blank. Okay. So I feel angry when, give me a scene. I feel
1: angry when When I feel like I'm, when I'm, when I'm not being listened to.
0: Okay. I feel angry when I'm not being listened to in this part of my body.
1: In my chest.
0: And I can.
1: And I can take a breath
0: mm
1: -hmm. and say, say what I'm feeling.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's beautiful. Does it seem simple? Makes it no less powerful. It makes it no less powerful, even though it seems simple. right? Well, they ask on, yeah. adults, you know, how yeah. uh, did we talk about this? Have we talked about this? They asked adults how many emotions they can name. And guess what the answer is on average? Four. Yeah, three. <laughs> how about that? <laughs> Happy, sad and mad.
1: Right? Yeah. So
0: the more nuanced we get with the feelings, right? So maybe it's not frustration. Maybe it's jealousy. Maybe it's envy. Maybe it's something else that's a little bit more granular, When we give kids that vocabulary and we explain it to them, it makes it easier for them to deal with because now they're not dealing with the unknown. So even the expression of it, you know, what they say is if you name it, you can tame it. It's so true. Plus, when you're talking, you're turning your language centers on, right, when you're talking or when you're writing. So, you know, to recap, Ed gives good recaps on that exercise.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, it really is. It's first of all, you know, an awareness of just saying, you know, what am I feeling? I feel blank. And what can I do? And maybe it's I feel blank and we're in your body because that really grounds it like you were saying, Rini, and and I can. So you're trying to empower people, ourselves and our kids. What do I feel and what can I do? Not what I can't do, not commenting on you know how badly it feels or what or what's going on with the feeling or what's going on with me or where I'm at in my life and letting the train run away just what do i feel i feel blank and i can do x cuz there are always things that you can do and that's where frustration really becomes intolerable when you feel like there's nothing i can do about this it'll never change i'm always going to be this way and it sucks
0: yes oh If I were to have learned one thing as a kid, I wish I would have learned the power of impermanence, that this too shall pass. Feelings are not meant to stay with you. They're tools. They're communication tools. So they are meant to come, deliver a message, and then leave. And And then leave. And then leave. And although they are messengers, they're not your masters. You don't have to follow the instruction because sometimes the feelings are not facts, as we know. They're just spam messages sometimes. Okay, but what do we do as a parent? So this is something that we are talking about that a child can do on their own, right? Or you can guide your child through, I feel blank and I can blank. But what do we do as a parent when we see our kids with the inability, they don't have the skill, essentially, to tolerate frustration? How do we yeah. how do we help them?
1: That's a very good question and I'm going to take a short break and take a breath and uh, I'll f- come back uh, shortly when I'm not so frustrated. Um, <laughs> no, I no I, I I listen, this is an everyday thing for me. So that I'm asking, I'm asking as a person, as a participant.
0: How do we express empathy, which is always The first point in connecting with our kids, because when I see a child, even my own kids, so one of my kids, my son, gets incredibly frustrated when he's trying to tie his shoes. He's five years old. He doesn't know how to tie them. It's the same deal many, many times when he's trying to tie them. Eventually, the shoe ends up flying across the room. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I don't know how to do this. Right. So, so what do we do? We want to try to empathize and connect with our kids without a because is what I like to say. So just really an explanation of what's going on or what you notice without saying because and the reason that you're trying to do this is not to give them your theories. By the way, often our theories are wrong. I mean, when I see my son do that, it's pretty obvious to me that the problem is that he can't tie a shoe, right? However. If you just do the noticing without giving your theory, sometimes you get different information. So, what I'm trying to say is what I would say to my son is, I notice that you're frustrated trying to tie your shoe. And I don't use because, because maybe you see your sister tie your shoe, her shoe, and then that makes you feel like you should be able to as well. That's inserting our own theories. So, if you can notice, and you empathize, you can say, that must be tough. This seems like it's hard for you. Then that can create a connection that gets them to talk. Because guess what? I did that the other day, and I found out that it's not his sister, because she's tying her shoes. There's some kids at school that know how to tie their shoes. Ah, okay. And I would not have found that out, nor would I have made as deep a connection or as instant a connection when he was frustrated if i tried to insert my own ideas and theories and so really the first step when we see our kids being frustrated is to try to connect with them you know and you have to use your parental intuition as to when to step in and and create that connection and don't insert any becausees no because and you don't right. need to get, you don't need to narrate the behavior because they already they already know I see that you threw the shoe across the room. I mean, they know that they've done that, right? We don't need to talk about the behavior. Right. Um, but we're just trying to connect and ask what's going on. I so see what, that you're frustrated tying your shoe. What's going on?
1: What's going on? Mm-hmm. So with so with a lot a lot of this, it's the opposite of what your reaction is. Because the reaction is either I want the behavior to stop or I want to figure it out so it stops or I want to come up with the answer. I'm going to find the answer. Because you want it to stop. And the reason why you want it to stop is because you think you have to manage it, and you don't have to manage it. It's the opposite. You go into it instead of avoid it. You go into it instead of avoid it. You go in as a detective without judgment. You go in as a detective and you say, what's going on? I'm trying to find out what is going on so that I can empathize and connect.
0: I don't don't need a
1: solution. There's no solution. A
0: non-judgmental detective. We need a character name for that. A non-judgmental detective. I'll let you sit on that, Ed. I know that something is going (laughs) to come up.
1: NJD. NJD. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. You just call me NJD. Non-judgmental detective. That's what I am. I don't (laughs) judge anything. Can you do
0: that? Because, you know, here are the challenges, right? Obviously, there can be sensory challenges for grown-ups, not for kids. With if there is screaming involved, if there is aggression involved, there can be challenges for grown-ups keeping their calm. You have to be able to maintain your cool, obviously, to be able to step into this and connect. Otherwise, you're just screaming back. And so can you do that? Where do you find that? power. Do you have that skill or is that lagging and you need to work on that yourself? Because then what you need to do after connecting without throwing in your theories is you really need to try to identify the problem just as specifically as you can. Because a lot of times we're trying to give our kids really global kind of skills such as, well, you should just be calm when you get frustrated. You have to learn how to calm down. It's way too big for them. We need to get much, much more specific for them. You know, I see that the problem you're having is you get frustrated when you're tying your shoe. Super specific. And then instead of just giving them the answer, right, because we know how, how well that works, and giving them the replacement behavior also doesn't work so well, you need to try to come up with a plan together on what to do. This can be done in many different ways. You can sit down with them and say, brainstorm some ideas. You can show them someone else that's able to tolerate the frustration so they can see it. You can have a family meeting about it if they're open to that where everyone's helping brainstorm solutions together. But if you don't get their buy-in and you know I'm talking about my son who's trying to tie his shoe, This kind of problem solving can be applied to anything. This kind of problem solving can be applied to, you know, I'm frustrated because I have huge standardized testing coming up and I don't think I'm ready. I'm frustrated because I don't feel like cleaning up my room and you keep telling me to clean up my room, right? It can be anything.
1: Now, here's another question for me. Just this is a personal question I'm asking you. I think for so many parents, it's like they're listening to this. They're like, yeah, but I'm exhausted. (laughs) And I don't know how to, this seems like very heady stuff. It's simple, but it seems like in the stream of a day or at night when I come home, how do I sort of acknowledge where I'm at so that I can be there for my kid?
0: I think it's so important to check in with yourself and say, listen, this seems like a lot of work, but let's look at another way. If you don't do this work, you're still putting in the time in another way. That is going to, and it's predictable what's going to happen. You are going to continue to be exhausted. If what you're doing right now, you've tried over and over again, and it hasn't worked, then eventually you come to the point where you make a change and say, let me try something else. So I would say, first, have compassion for yourself, you know, and please, those parents who are listening right now, please say to yourself, I want you to do these mantras And why don't you follow along with me, Ed? Okay. Ready?
1: These are mantras. I am enough. I am enough.
0: I am enough. 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 I am enough.
1: I am enough.
0: Take a deep breath in your nose. Out through your mouth. Just like we were talking about this idea of unconditional love before with our kids. There are no conditions on the love from your child. Your child loves you unconditionally and you are enough. You are enough for them. So you have to be much easier on yourself and ask yourself, what little piece of this can I do? Can I just try to do the part where I connect and I don't offer my theories? I just connect. I see you're having a hard time tying your shoes. What's going on, right? I see you're having a hard time cleaning up your room. And that's it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, this is what I see.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, This is what I see, and I'm honestly approaching you trying to help, right? I'm trying to dive into those waters and see what's going on underneath. So just be easy on yourself if you're depleted, if you're exhausted, and know that you're not alone, that we're in this together. You know, That's why we do this every week, and we hear from many, many of you. And what I would also love you to do is create a hope map for yourself. Where in the past in your life as a parent have you had a struggle that you've been able to overcome? Or where in your life as a person have you looked at something and thought, wow, I'm never going to figure this out, but then you were able to? Create a map of hope for yourself because hope begets hope. Yeah, that's that's a really good
1: activity to do. What can I do? I think, is a a great thing. What can I do? I did the Via Character Strengths with my daughter, and it was pretty interesting. Wonderful. Um, I I liked it a lot. I I would echo your sentiment, and I would recommend that everybody do that with their kids. Or just for themselves, the Via Character Strengths survey.
0: It's at viacharacter.org. And it really is just an amazing exercise to do as a grown up, as a kid, as a family together. And if you want to work on the global skill of frustration tolerance, then you learn mindfulness and you learn meditation. Because, again, what we're talking about earlier, where you're trying to connect and identify problems and come up with solutions, you know, that's work, of course. And that's working on a very, very specific problem where your kids do not have a particular skill. But if you want them globally just be able to tolerate more frustration frustration to take more time between something that happens that's an adversity and their reaction then meditation can really help you mind that gap and create more space between the the challenge and your reaction it can help anyone create more space
1: yeah and i i think and this is another thing really for another show but i'm going to bring it up you're a parent you have a partner your partner is reacting in the moment. So now you're dealing with a partner who's reacting in the moment and a child who is reacting. So what do you do?
0: Oh that's my goodness. A
1: question for, that's another show. I believe we should do a whole show on that. Absolutely. So, so Absolutely. How, how to co-parent, co-parenting skills with your partner. But that's for another time. To, for right now, I know we have to wrap up the show like very quickly here, but I wonder if we have just a minute to do a role play.
0: Yes. Okay. Okay. So
1: so any ideas like what can it certainly tolerating frustration is is pretty easy to do. I can be somebody who's having trouble tolerating something and and, and maybe you can demonstrate a skill.
0: Yeah. You want to be maybe like eight, eight, nine years old. Yeah. Okay. Let's do sports. Okay. You're the worst basketball player on the on on the team. Okay.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay. Light. Camera
0: and that's it.
1: I can't believe this. I couldn't make the shot again and we blew the game and it was awful. I hate it.
0: Uh oh, I notice you're really frustrated. about the game i don't ever want to play this game again and i
1: don't ever want to play with david again and i don't ever want to play with ben again and i hate him i just can't stand it i can't stand doing this i don't know why i play all the time it's like this happens every time
0: oh it sounds like you had a really tough day with trying to you missed the last shot
1: yes and it's not the first time it happens happened a lot
0: yeah it (sighs) sounds like you feel like this is a thing that's happening over and over again like it a happens trend all the
1: time i don't ever want to play again i don't ever mm. want to play again i'm not good at this
0: mm. I'm i hear crappy you at it i stink i suck oh man that's really hard you know i noticed that that you're so frustrated it's okay to be frustrated i would be too if i were in that situation yeah
1: I don't want to go to school tomorrow. I don't even want to face them. I can't even deal with it.
0: I know that you feel like that right now. I see that. I see that you're so frustrated. You don't even want to go back so that you don't have to deal with the feelings. Yeah. Yeah. I see that. Yeah. So do you remember when we did those I feel statements? We have them posted up there on the board. (sighs) Do you want to try that with me? I...
1: I guess I can, but I'm just so mad right now.
0: Yeah. I see that you're mad. I see that. I notice that it's really, really hard, especially since you said it's happened more than once. Yeah. Yeah.
1: 50 times.
0: Oh, boy. Well, the you know, I think the first sentence is already kind of filled in. I mean, I feel right
1: i but feel th- so mad
0: that this happens all the time mm i feel so mad that this happens all the time and i can is there anything you can what what do you want to put in that place
1: <sighs> i can stop playing basketball
0: okay what else can we think of and maybe i can
1: maybe i can practice more. I don't know if that's going to help, but maybe I can.
0: Hmm. And maybe I can. What about right now for you? Is there anything that can help you right now?
1: Maybe I can. I don't know. I don't know what I can do. Maybe I can tell myself something else.
0: Yeah. Last time. I don't know what
1: to tell myself.
0: Yeah. Last time you drank a big glass of water. Do you remember that? That was the last time you wrote, I can drink oh, a big yeah. glass of water. Do you remember oh, that? Yeah.
1: yeah. And I did. And I got yeah. it all over the floor, but that was kind of funny.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was kind of funny. It's interesting how water can calm us down. Well, I think that considering how I've noticed that you're so frustrated, that those are some really good options, you know, maybe not the never playing basketball again, but I see yeah. how you feel. Yeah. But do you notice something? There yeah. are some things you can do.
1: Yeah, yeah. I can drink. I can drink water, and I can pray. I can practice more, and I can probably, you know, it feels good for me. Sometimes it's just to lay on the floor.
0: <laughs> I don't do know why it. I like it,
1: but I do like it.
0: Do it. I used to do that when I was your age. Why yeah. does that feel good? And why do grown-ups not do that anymore? That does feel good. I think you should do it. You can. You can say, "I feel frustrated," and I can lie on the floor. Yeah, Great.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just some. It's just having something under you that's like solid. You know.
0: Yeah, that feels good.
1: Yeah, It, it kind of does sometimes. Sometimes it feels good to me. Yeah. I also like to put my head down. I remember. Remember when I used to tell you that the teachers in school, they, I had this one teacher who would punish us by saying, "Well, everybody, that's it. Put your heads down." And to me, it always felt good.
0: <laughs> it feels so good. Are we out of role play right now? Because I want to tell you that that feels so good. Cut, cut. We got it. Oh, we that to, was
1: my favorite time in school. We
0: used to play thumbs up, seven up. Did you ever play that? Yeah. <laughs> and they would make our, us put our heads down on the table, and it felt so good. I yeah. loved it. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. my
1: that was my favorite time in school. Yeah. When I was a kid.
0: Well, Ed which and is
1: I. Sad, but also good.
0: Ed and I also like to note that we do these role plays and sometimes they end up messy and sometimes they end up so perfect, right? Like, oh, ah! and we understand it. this is what it might not look like this in your living room, right, when you're doing it. But the right. goal is not to emulate what we're doing here. The goal is to take some golden nuggets and try it, right? The goal really is not when I was talking to you in that role play, my goal was not to fix it for you. My goal was to connect with you, right? And even though I was giving you the I feel and I can, if your child doesn't want to do that, especially in the moment, that's okay. The goal is to let them know that you are there, right? And you're not necessarily trying to fix it for them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that, and that, and there's a whole different energy and you'll feel it immediately. There's a whole different energy when you give up the, I want you to stop screaming uh, or I want you to stop the behavior. And my goal is to stop the behavior. My goal is not to stop the behavior. My goal is to connect with my kid.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: So, different goal, different goal.
0: Different goal. So we're doing this new thing. It goes on. Can I tell you what it is? Sure. It is Takeaway Tuesdays. And so we are giving away a free piece of content every Tuesday for free. Did I say free? I said free a few times. Agree,
1: but you said it twice, but that means <laughs> that it's times. really free. Four it's times. Very, very, very it's free. extra.
0: It's extra free. Yeah. Um, so how do you get this free piece of content? You just have how to do? opt in for our newsletter. So easy. Oh, Go to yeah. GoZen.com. And there's the newsletter link. It either says show me the video or you'll see something else that says get our weekly newsletter. And every Tuesday, you will get a free piece of content.
1: Yeah, I think that's a pretty good deal. There, There's so many great resources. And I, and I will tell you, that's how I met Reini Originally, I was looking for some anxiety relief techniques for myself and my family. I did not know Rini. I had never met Reini in my life. And years later, we're very, very good friends and working together. So there only good things can come of connecting with Gozen.
0: Yeah, thank you. Yes. It was like such a wonderful meeting, wasn't it? Yeah. He it really was. did. Ed sent me this really long email and it was yeah, like, a very long one. I need to know this person. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. him. Immediate yeah.
1: connection. Instant
0: yeah. connection, it really was. That's right. So we want to, of course, thank you guys so much for listening. Please share this podcast with anyone you think it might benefit. And thank you for leaving us beautiful reviews and ratings. Those really help us just to reach more people. If you can continue to do that, that would be awesome. Ed will tell you how. Yes, what you want to
1: do is wherever you get your podcast, whether it's Stitcher or whether it's Google Play or whether it's iTunes, you can find the podcast. It's Dear Anxiety is the name of the podcast, but you can find it on Bitly, b i t . l y forward slash Dear Anxiety on iTunes, for example, b i t . l y forward slash dear anxiety on itunes and then you can subscribe there and you can pass the word as we continue to build this community that we have also you can send in letters or share any of the issues that you're having in your own lives whether it's personal whether it's with your family whatever it is you can send in an audio message by recording it on your phone and sending in a file Or you can just send a a simple email and you can send it to GoZen.com forward slash Dear Anxiety. GoZen.com forward slash Dear Anxiety. And we will read your letter, we will respond to you, and we will all connect around these issues that we all share. I want to thank yeah and just thank you thank you guys for supporting us and for listening and you know I hope you have a great day I hope you have a great night listen to us when you can connect keep coming back it works if you work it I'm Ed Krasnick
0: I'm Rini Jane
1: see you next time
0: thanks guys